0: Welcome back to the Rebel Alliance Media Podcast. In the studio, as always, we have P-Nate and Pooty Tang, as they call me in the BMN, which we are proud members of, <laughs> along with our friends, the Layman's Cup, the Front Pew Podcast, and the Two Thieves Podcast, or Podcast, as they say, I guess, down there in Missouri. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, language <laughs> is so different in Missouri. <laughs> but, very different. It's a whole different world it's down there. It's a whole there. different world. We We are recording... In the evening, on a Tuesday night, which is totally different for us. it's. We have to be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit rattled by the fact that it's like, you know, the evening, midweek. This is so it's not like the upside. Rebels.
1: And just so our listeners can get a... Normally, we come in in the afternoon, you know, we've worked it out so that we can get off work a little early and, and do recordings on Friday afternoons, which is what we love. Um, but tonight, uh, we are here... It's a uh, what's today Tuesday. It's a Tuesday evening. Tuesday. It's dark outside. Um, since the workday is over, we got drinks in our hands. Um, I'm drinking a Muskoka Brewery IPA, a delicious both, beer.
0: We're both drinking some beers.
1: I was just gonna say, Chris is is desecrating Garage Mahal by drinking a Summersby. What? That's not beer. And, uh, and Dave is with us, uh, as always, with a tea in hand. He's, he's and, drinking his tea. Yeah, hot tea. Not, uh, not iced tea, but hot tea. So uh, so yeah, we're a little bit more relaxed than usual. <laughs> I, feel, I feel relaxed, like anything could happen during this show.
0: We, we don't even know. We, we have, have no time. No, There's no clock no on this idea. thing this week.
1: Well, we should probably still keep it, you know...
0: Relatively short? Relatively short. Well, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. How's your week going, man?
1: Uh, since my we- just yeah. started. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday was good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yesterday was good. Um, yeah, it's been a good week this week. I, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's just because of the topic and I knew what we were going to come in here and talk about, but I feel like there's so much going on. Like, um, you know, it's been a couple weeks now since the Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jimmy Kimmel had his like mini emotional breakdown, uh, calling everybody in America, uh, to account for the fact that they don't care about people dying because they disagree with his gun policies. (laughs) And then, uh, and then people like Ben Shapiro calling him out for that. And then him coming back, like, so there's this stuff going on. Um, I mean, there's just I, there's there was something else coming out about how uh, Russia uh, had bought some some ad time on Google, and I don't know if they're implying that that had something to do with the election. Like we're almost a year away from that election, and I feel like we still are always talking about whether or not the Russians colluded. Hillary Clinton's like made a whole book of excuses of why she didn't win. <laughs> She's like whining and. Oh, it's just been, I don't know, man. I'm getting tired of it.
0: Now, obviously, we're not American. We, We live in the great white north, as they say. But from the outside looking in, it's almost like America is the country version of the WWF. There's just always something <laughs> yeah, like such some a good analogy. there's drama so happening. Good. Like I feel like at any moment somebody's gonna get a chair off the back of the head. Totally. Like yeah. there's something you are going completely on. Completely correct. There's never there's never downtime. Yeah. There's always there's always and a you're tragedy. Always there's kind always of on the
1: edge of your seat. Like you don't know when the wolf pack's gonna show up and like beat the crap out of the guy who just won the match. You know I, what I mean? Like, <laughs> like 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 I think there was another rally in Charlottesville. Right? The white supremacists. Oh, they're Lord. they're back. Uh, they want to save more monuments. The the lefties want to topple more monuments. They've gone from, it's not just Gerald, General Lee Lee now. It's, you know, Washington and Lincoln. And I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's a storm down there. I, feel, I don't know.
0: I feel like eventually the lights are just all going to go dark on the whole country at once. And then just like our boy Jeff Durbin is just going to like somehow fall down in the White House, like dressed like Sting and just start... Cleaning house. Oh,
1: that was a WWE reference. I thought that was like a Jeff Durbin, the Messiah, like <laughs> prophecy. I was gonna say. I feel like you're getting heretical. Like, a little bit too Anything far. Anything can though. happen. No, uh, when Sting. the rebels record at night.
0: He's like because he, he's like I, you know he's he's a, the one fighting that fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I was like, a big I was a big Sting fan. I was a big Sting fan.
0: I, I really like Sting to New World Order. It's um, very post mill. But anyway. <laughs> Let's or conspiracy theory, yes. Can can Est. you can you tell it's nighttime yet? Yeah, we're, we are we're all way over off. the place. We're way off. I we do have an opening question. Oh, what's the opening question? All right. Let me let me throw this one out. This this it's was good. birthed by uh one of our faithful listeners, kinda gave me this idea after our Bieber discussion a few weeks back.
1: The Biebs. So the question and his Hillsong Church plant <laughs> with
0: which apparently is actually a thing.
1: Uh, hey, we're we're done. We've given Beebs enough. Done? We're we're done talking no, about no. Bieber. He has not responded to all of her requests to have him on the show. He's dead. He's I, dead to me. He
0: blocked me on Twitter. Uh, Did he actually? That's no,
1: awesome. he didn't oh, I was gonna say that's a great legacy.
0: Why? Why would he block me on Twitter? What's uh, anyway? The question, what's The opening question. So the question is: Justin Bieber excluded. What celebrity? So like, I I would think this would include like athletes, music stars, like movie people. Would do you think would have the greatest impact for the kingdom if they got saved? So you know what we know in today's day and age, every two bit hack celebrity yep. thinks they're a political expert. Yeah,
1: they're looking they using their platform to spew their opinions on stuff yep. they know nothing about.
0: They won an Oscar because somebody else wrote them yeah. a great line. Oh man. And then they get to come up and say yeah, all jo- the things that are wrong with the country. But if that person was to be redeemed, yeah, yeah. who would have the greatest impact? for the kingdom in your opinion go
1: um it's man that's a good question um i feel like it's a question i want to ponder more i okay so i like one guy that comes to mind um immediately is uh um the guy whose name escapes me um the the outspoken atheist guy not uh not uh
0: Hitchens? No, he's...
1: No, Hitchens passed away. Dawkins. Dawkins. I I, I kept thinking of, uh, actually, Charles Darwin. I didn't even think Um, of him. Yeah, so, I mean, a guy like Dawkins, um, I I could say Dawkins because he's been so outspoken against Christianity that his conversion would be so radically different, and you'd think that if he was so... Like, he would almost... It would almost be like a a Saul of Tarsus experience, Mm -hmm. right? A guy who's been persecuting the church, a guy who's been blaspheming the name of Christ who gets radically converted and hopefully i would assume that he would spend the rest of his time trying to undo all the harm that he's done and and he has this whole like kind of cult following of atheists i feel like that would make a, because that's just such a turnaround like that's such a great picture of the gospel like Saul of Tarsus the the terrorist who is um right who is um persecuting the church becomes a figurehead of the church and the church planter and um, the apostle to the Gentiles. So I don't know, I, that off the top of my head, there's a guy I'm thinking of because I mean, That's part of me, answer. part of me would think of like, um, you could say somebody like, you could say like Donald Trump because of his position, but don't, Trump says he is a Christian. So, you know what I mean? Like, and there's some people who actually think he is a Christian. So that's not so dramatic. You know what I mean? And there's there's a lot of people who I think if they were the real Christians they profess to be, they could probably have a great impact. But there's so many people who just throw the Christian label on that you wonder how big of an impact or if people would believe the actual turnaround. So I go with a guy like Dawkins just because it would be so radical. It would be hard to, to question.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I went, I went a different route. I went, they had to like, by the idea that they had to be big enough that if they became Christian, they wouldn't get marginalized like Mel Gibson. Right. So they <laughs> wouldn't just get
1: like tossed out. And I, just, I think the DUIs and anti-Semitism <laughs> didn't help his cause, but. That
0: probably didn't help. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like they have to be big enough that they'd still have the platform. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So I was trying to think like who, whose talent would supersede how much hatred they would generate just by what they were saying. And so I was, so I thought myself, the only two people I could think of at that point would be Jack Nicholson. Okay. And Meryl Streep. And I was just like, but Jack Nicholson, you know, he's kind of old. He doesn't have a lot like, well, probably doesn't have very long to go. If you will. Like I (laughs) hope he's not listening. He's probably not one of the eight people who have tuned in. I don't think so. Every week. I think you're safe. But Meryl Streep, she does listen, I think. I think she's one <laughs> so, of the the eight people who's listening. And she gets nominated every single year for the Oscars. She does. She wins basically all the time. Yeah. So, Which means she gets national audience to stand up and proclaim the gospel every time she wins an award. And let's be honest, she's like the only actress over 50 that gets any parts. So if... She's going to work until she basically decides to stop herself. So I'm going to go with Meryl Streep for a completely different reason. Mm. Even though you didn't think about it, I still think you win this game. But uh, <laughs> let me ask you another question then. All let right, me throw enough. the statue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we're doing a whole bunch of questions here. I like, I like yep. it. Who do you want? It, celebrity, you bump into at a restaurant. Who are you not letting, letting pass without being able to share the gospel with the celebrity?
1: <laughs> I, I feel like the Jesus Jesus Duke answer is like I would always share the gospel, Chris. I don't know, so I, I don't know about you. Only giving the gospel to a select few, but uh, no, no. Uh, to answer your question and not be that guy, uh, that's a that's a that, see that's a good question too. I feel like Wes Anderson.
0: Wes Anderson. Yeah,
1: I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan right? Like I love Wes Anderson. So again, here's, so here's the inner dialogue. This is what's going on in my brain when I'm answering that question. I'm like, okay, who's a guy whose skills are currently, I think, underrepresented in the kingdom, right? Like you and I are of the opinion, there's a lot of Christians out there who boycott movies or say that, you know, we shouldn't have anything to do with Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. You and I, probably because we're post-mill, Uh, say that Christians should be doing all this stuff better, right? We should have better art because we know the, the real meaning in life. We know where true joy comes from. We know, you know, what the art ought to be pointing to. So, I like I love Wes Anderson movies. I don't know about you. I like like uh, Life Aquatic is one of the funniest movies ever. And so for me, I'm looking at him and like there's a director. He's hilarious. He makes great films. And if he got saved and started using that talent to make like God glorifying movies, like, you know, if he caught like a Marcus Pittman, you know, Apologia Studios kind of vision for art. uh, I think that could be super powerful. So, yeah, I don't know. Wes Anderson, <laughs> what? You laughed when I said that. So, who's your answer?
0: Well, I was going to go with Oprah, like, because she clearly doesn't understand it. So, I figured it'd be, you uh, know, that, you know it that's Might, a be, good, yeah, a, yeah, might yeah. be an okay time to, like, you know, explain it to her for once. Yeah. You know, because then everybody can get it, right? Like,
1: <laughs> no. You get movie. the gospel. You get the gospel.
0: <laughs> this whole segment was for me to be able to make that joke.
1: Uh, anyway, I like so. how you set us up there. All right. <laughs> so, so um, what we're talking about tonight. Uh, today, whenever you're listening to this, but we're recording at night, um, is actually we're responding to a question we got from uh, one of our buddies in the Bmn, uh, Wes from the Layman's Cup, <clears throat> and uh, so one of the things that we've talked about on here, I think we've done a video on it for uh, right. We did spot the lie for what was the video we did? Oh, for Frozen, yeah. And, and then we- in in a recent podcast episode, we talked about spot the lie in Moana. And uh, so th- for those of you who are listening, Spot the Lie was just kind of a game that my family played when we were kids. It, it was uh, my dad trying to teach us some Christian discernment. He would pause a movie or he would, you know, stop a commercial or-, or whatever. And he would ask, you know, what's the lie here? Like, what is what is this thing trying to tell us that is contrary to the Christian worldview? And it's just helping us kind of... Um, you know, be discerning as we're as we're watching movies, as we're watching TV and all that kind of stuff. And so we've done spot the lie in Moana, Spot the Lie in Frozen. And uh and so one of the questions we got uh about that, so Wes asked this question. He says, yo, Nate and Chris. Yo, Wes. Uh he says, Hope y'all, right? He's American, so that means you all, Chris. He says, yeah. Yeah. So it's Y apostrophe A L L. Hope y'all Uh, are having a blessed Lord's Day. Just wanted to say I love the Spot the Lie activity. It sounds fantastic. Would you all mind elaborating on how that works in your families? I tried to bring it up with my wife and 12-year-old daughter after watching the new Beauty and the Beast, and it didn't go as well as I had hoped. Maybe give some examples on an upcoming episode to help folks like me work this into our regular conversation. Thanks in advance. So, Um, love that Wes and, and, and maybe hopefully some of our other listeners are, are taking this upon themselves. I I think this is important for a couple of reasons. I mean, I've, I've young kids, right? So I'm looking at this as an opportunity to disciple your, your family. Um, but I mean, whether you're married, whether you're just with going out to the movies with friends, wherever you are in whatever stage of life, you need to learn how to watch commercials, watch movies, watch TV shows, listen to music. Uh, you need to learn how to do that discerningly, and so spot the lie is maybe uh, you know we used the spot the lie as the name for this, and and I don't know maybe that's not the best name that just happens to be what my dad called it, but essentially what you're trying to do is you're just trying to figure out what what are the ways in which this particular movie commercial whatever what's what's the message it's telling me, and does it line up with scripture? That's essentially what you're asking yourself. So um, I, I imagine that Wes is, you know, watching this movie with his family and Beauty and the Beast just ends. And he says, okay, spot the lie. And then there's a silence. <laughs> so, you know, Wes, my encouragement to you is this is learned behavior, right? This is a learned activity. This is a learned skill. So like anything, you're going to have to teach your family what this looks like by doing it yourself. So hmm. I just thought, Chris, um, you and I can maybe go through some examples or maybe talk about it. So before we talk about any specific Examples? Do you uh, do you want to add on to anything?
0: Sure. Yeah i I think it's an important it's an important skill. Like we we call it spot the lie, but really what we're talking about is discernment, right? So, um, and spiritual discernment. So, if you're thinking, well, why do I need to do this with my with my young family or myself? If you're you know just starting to engage culture this way, um, it's important to it's important to remember that everything that isn't from the Bible is is telling a worldview to you. Right. And unless you know the are able to see the difference between what God's word says and what the world says, it's very easy to get caught up in, in, a, in a lie that the world is saying that you would then believe and internalize and then have to relearn when you when you actually apply that to scripture. So what I mean by that like if you if you break it down. So right now there's obviously it's a hot topic people talk about all the time, home school and public schools. That wouldn't be as big of an issue if if every person who was able who went into the public school system was able to spot all the lies that the public school system teaches their their, their children. And I'm just saying that in terms of like an, an example of why this is an important issue, so that you can teach people how to see these falsehoods that we're getting completely indoctrinated with. So that when we get into the workforce when we get into conversations with, with people, we can see the holes in their worldview and how that conflicts with the, with the scripture, like a scriptural worldview that we're raising people with. That's what, why I think it matters to do this. If you guys were wondering that. So,
1: right. So at the, at the fear of, of making our listeners, uh, um, see, make it seem to our listeners like you and I watch a bunch of horrible chick flicks all the time together. I will say this, (laughs) just like we talked about watching Moana together. We did actually watch beauty and the beast together. Do you realize that when we got this question, so we watched, we watched Beauty and the Beast at your house. Our wives watched it, and you and I watched it with them. The new one? Yeah, the new one with I, uh, Emma Watson.
0: I may have blocked that out.
1: <laughs> we watched it together. <laughs> so um, let's help Wes out. We just finished watching Beauty and the Beast, and basically this is what it would look like for us. I mean, it's a little bit awkward because it would at that point it was four adults <laughs> sitting around. But uh, we would basically say, okay, like, what, what from that show is, and, and this is what I would say to my kids, Wes, if I had a 12-year-old a that I was watching with, this is kind of what I would say. And I would just say, okay, what are, some, what are some of the messages in that movie that are good, that we can affirm biblically? So, I mean, it, we, didn't, we didn't rewatch the, the movie together to prepare for this episode. But certain things, so, for example, like she falls in love with, with the beast, right? Even though he looks like a beast. And so one of the things, one of the themes I think of the movie is that um, you know, you, you, there's more to somebody than meets the eye, right? I think that's what the witch says to the the prince before she turns him into a, uh, the beast. There's more to somebody than meets the eye, or like outward appearances. Well, we know the Bible tells us, right? When when God picks David, it says, man looks at outward appearance and God looks at the heart. So the fact that that beauty falls in love with this beast. Um, because of who He is on the inside, not because of outward uh, things, uh, I think that's 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 a good thing. That's something that we can affirm that, you know, God looks at the heart just like we should look at the heart of people, not judge everything by its outward appearance. So that's one thing that we can probably we can affirm from the movie, Absolutely. right? Um, so there's there, you know there's there's uh, a good thing um in terms of that particular movie i know you and i had watched it after we had seen some of the christian craze about it and i think we did a video on it early on saying you know it's, it's a good movie like you know let's not get crazy up in arms but there is the lefou character right who has a crush on gaston and disney was very forthright about uh, about saying that they rewrote this character so that he was gay so they had a gay character in the show so th- i would i would say what are some things in the show that you notice that are contrary to Scripture or contrary to the Bible? You have a 12-year-old, Wes, so maybe you might ask it, like, okay, well, what are, what are some things in there that we don't agree with? And and so that's, that might be one of the things that you point out, or or Gaston's, like, ridiculous masculinity, right? <laughs> uh, I actually, in, in a lot of ways, one of the other things that I would affirm in Beauty and the Beast is it's actually— uh, very traditional in terms of uh, its its display of masculinity and femininity, right? Like Gaston is like a man's man, right? You remember the song? I use antlers in all of my decorating. He's talking about how hairy he is and how strong he is and how he eats raw eggs and stuff. Yeah, if
0: you wanted me to sing it, you need to get me a couple more of these. <laughs>
1: yeah, <know? laughs> a couple more Summersbee. Um, but uh, yeah, so and and Belle is, is very much like kind of a, a traditional picture of of feminine beauty so there are some things in the movie we can affirm and then there's some things that we would disagree with so spot the lie is is essentially just just watching things discerningly and being able to point out what here agrees with scripture and what doesn't agree with scripture and the reason this is so important so we're actually going to play you a commercial right now and uh and chris you hadn't seen this commercial before we got into the studio today uh and uh so i'm going to play it you throw on your headphones so you can hear it And, uh, this is actually an Ikea commercial. And so this is an Ikea commercial and we'll kind of walk you through what you're seeing. But as soon as you hear it, you might've seen this commercial. So, so here you are, you're, you're watching this with your family or you're watching this with your wife or you're watching this with your, your friends, you're watching the Super Bowl or whatever. And, uh, or you're watching, you know, I was about to say lost just dated myself. That hasn't been on for years. What do people watch now? the 100 watch
0: lost again
1: <laughs> you're rewatching lost on netflix but decided to turn on they the took tv on, for... they took it off netflix oh man know, life's horrible um, okay so we're going to we're going to show you this ikea commercial uh, well you're going to listen to it but we'll we'll tell you what you're looking at so here we go this is an ikea commercial
0: seems to me it ain't the world that's so bad i actually love this song With What we are doing to it and all i'm saying is see what a
1: So there's a, uh, there's a young girl who's kind of the protagonist. She's got an Ikea bag in the back of her vehicle, and now she's narrating as she's driving through the city. She's looking at, uh, two young girls, probably in high school, uh, who look like they're dressed up for prom, and the one gives the other a corsage. Guy installing, um, solar panels on his roof. Wonder if you got a... A liberal government rebate
0: for this. <laughs> uh, a
1: mother painting style. her uh, I son's nails uh, purple.
0: I see, I think that's the thing with the Did lies, you right? Say, love you. All of it's just subtle. Yeah, right? There's totally. just little things that I don't know what the right word is, but like basically desensitize you to things that just are a little bit off and that they don't line up with scripture, but you see them. In a commercial, and you're probably not even, like, unless you're looking specifically, you're not going to notice that, really. Right. First time I watched that through, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a boy that's getting his nose bonnie, because I wasn't focused on that. But right, then- or,
1: the, or the two girls in the prom dresses and, and the one giving a corsage. So what, what we just paused the screen at, this is another thing that uh, there's kind of an old man. Uh, he looks pretty... Uh, uh frail and there's a younger guy who's um sh- basically shaving for him so um it's going through these scenes essentially showing acts of love i, I think is what it's I trying to portray so now there's a, a, a gathering and there's Someone a mom who's uh breastfeeding her her baby myself,
0: what a wonderful world
1: so she's looking out the, the window kind of wistfully
0: we can all have the beautiful kind of home we want.
1: So there's the big Ikea kicker. You see that? Okay. We can all have the kind of beautiful world we want. We can all have the beautiful home we want. And then it shows like an Ikea set up living room that this little girl is going into. And it has like the floor lamp, $39.99, pillow cover, $7.99, you know, the, the back chair, $299. So, um, Ooh,
0: Ikea. there Some you beautiful go. Possibilities.
1: So they're talking about the beautiful possibilities uh if you shop at IKEA. So what's what's so interesting about that that uh commercial is that they play a pretty familiar song, right? Beautiful World. And uh and it's talking about all of these uh it's showing all these little acts of love, but acts of love that that um the world would call acts of love that the Bible would in in a lot of ways call sin. Like you said, um they're trying to normalize what seems not normal in our culture. And what's, what's really, I think, deceptive about that particular commercial is that they're showing you know, the, the two lesbian teenage girls who are, are going to prom together, the mom who's painting her, her male son's uh, uh, fingernails purple, and they're interdispersing that with you know people helping other people move. Or the young man shaving the old man who can't shave for himself. And so they're, they're interdispersing these things, saying these are all the kinds of acts of love that make the world a beautiful place. Um, and there's so many lies in that, because number one, obviously, it's not using God's definition of what love is. Because the, God's definition of, of love does not include um, uh, normalizing sin or accepting sin. Um the other thing that I think is really deceptive about that is just the materialism aspect of it, right? Absolutely. Here's this beautiful wonderful world full of all this love and you can experience it and be happy with it if you buy IKEA furniture and you and you have the beautiful home that you really really want. <laughs> so I mean there's so many lies in there but um, we were looking at a couple different commercials and, and we kind of decided that we're going to review some of these commercials uh, maybe in, in future videos. Um, but what we started seeing was there was, a, there was a, um, a McDonald's commercial that uh, the audio just won't do it justice, so we're not going to play it now. Um, because it's all subtitled and it's showing, uh, all these things, all these different groups of people who are, um, enjoying McDonald's, right? The people who are enjoying their morning coffee, you know, the old, old people who, you know, the kind of canasta group, the, the high school students who go and act like therapists because they're just chit chatting with one another, helping each other through their problems, the whole thing. And then it ends. So it has all these groups of people and then it ends and it says, and the newlyweds and it shows, you know, two women who obviously just got married kissing. And again, it's this subtle, like throwing it in there at the end in all of these these normalized groups, all these things that have kind of tugged on your heartstrings or shown you like, you know, how good people can be. And then all of a sudden they throw this thing in there that's so contrary to the word of God. And a young mind... Whether it's Wes's, you know, twelve-year-old daughter, or, or or my even younger daughter, or any of the daughters or our sons of any of our listeners, they're 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 preaching a sermon to you. And and Absolutely. here's so when we when we talk about spotting the lie in these things, the, what we have to understand is that there's no such thing as neutrality, right? Everybody has a god. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that everybody has a god, and it's either yourself, or it's the state, or it's money. But whatever it is, the Bible calls it idolatry, If you, we have a, uh, a sinful nature that tries to get us to exchange the truth about the God who actually created us and exchange it for part of the creation. And so um, all of these commercials, every movie is is a sermon. It's preaching a sermon to you. What is the truth that it's trying to communicate to you? And this IKEA commercial is trying to communicate two truths to you. Number one, all these things are what make the, the world a beautiful place. And as Christians, we look at those things and say at least two of those things we can't affirm. Two of those things the Bible calls outright sin the other lie it tells you is that if you have nice stuff <laughs> if you have the ikea living room or whatever then you're going to find happiness and again we know biblically speaking that true happiness true joy i think uh, john uh wrote in first john uh he he's writing to us uh, so that we may know that we have eternal life, so that our joy can be complete. So um, everything is preaching a message to you. It's just about can you discern what the message is and who the God is of the particular person who's preaching this message to you.
0: To, to put it really simple for people, it's, it's, it's sales. That's all it is. is and these commercials, they're, obviously they're trying to sell you a product, but they're doing it a very systematic way. Get you to see three or four images that you agree with. Now, we would all agree with, you know, somebody helping an old lady across the street. Well, nobody's going to say that's bad. Right. Somebody having, fr- having good times at coffee at McDonald's. That's not bad. Nobody's going to cr- question that. It's trial closing. Get you to agree mentally. Yes, yes, yes. And then when you see the thing that should be a red flag and naturally is a red flag two people of the same gender kissing, you're now accustomed to saying yes, yes, yes. Right. So you're going to go right into the last. Thing. You're not going to question that because you mentally have gone through the steps of being acceptable, 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 acceptable. You're not going to say that's unacceptable at the end there. And that's all advertising is. And they know exactly what they're doing. It's not. It's not a. It's not a fluke that these companies are putting this agenda out there. Um, these we know that the mainstream media is controlled by one half of <laughs> half of the <laughs> political system. For the most part. Yep. And this is an agenda that they are pushing. Right. So it's no shock that their commercials are now looking at. The thing the Thing that I'm finding most, I found most disturbing about those commercials is that I had cable a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I would never have seen that in yeah. a commercial on cable. No, I agree with and you. And how many, like, we watched, what, seven commercials? Yeah, we watched And how bunch. many did I turn to you and say, what is this commercial even selling?
1: Yeah, you don't find out until the end.
0: And so it wasn't, it wasn't like (laughs) why, because what they're actually selling to me is the cultural worldview of, you know, this is gender, gender neutrality is, is a thing. Trans is, is excellent. Gay is acceptable. And these, these things that I, I disagree with, but that's what they're selling to me in the commercial. They're not selling me a vehicle that like, they're not selling me McDonald's food, they don't need to. They've seen me. But they, like, they're not selling these products to me. They're selling a different worldview. Right.
1: I, um, I, <clears throat> I think one of the things that um, I'm starting to realize more and more, so I hope that, that Christians in general are kind of waking up to this, is when we say that there's no neutrality and that everybody is essentially selling you a worldview, everybody is preaching a worldview to you, what what's i think one of the reasons we can look at and and we're experiencing this in canada too so i know a lot of our listeners are from america and and they would have they would they would just absolutely agree with this but i think this is happening all over the world and certainly happening up here in canada is that the political divide or the division in in our countries is just at an all-time high and it's because there's no neutrality and it's because Everybody is catching on to the fact that there's no neutrality, right? We opened this segment by asking, talking about what uh, what celebrities we'd share the gospel, we'd want to most share the gospel with, and stuff. And and we were kind of joking about how every celebrity is using their platform to talk about stuff they have no idea about, right? And uh, part of that is is that like Hollywood is now kind of coming out of the closet. Excuse my pun. Revealing themselves to not be neutral at all, they have a progressive liberal agenda, and they're pushing it through their movies. They're pushing it through. Um, who is that young actress who at the uh, at the Grammys the other night when they asked her who who are you uh, rooting for, and she said everybody black. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. And uh, and that was that was her answer. And like, you know, it, it's it's this it's this everything you do, everything that you see now has a political slant to it, right? You can't watch the NFL now without. Seeing some people taking a knee, some people not taking a knee, people being proud of the people who are taking a knee, people who are opposed to people taking a knee. NFL used to be a place that at least seemed neutral. It seemed to be a place where a Republican and a Democrat could come together and both cheer for the same team, right? Sports used to be that. Movies used to be that, but it's not that anymore because everybody is pushing a worldview. So if you can't see the worldview that's being pushed by movies, by commercials, by casters, um, then you are just getting swallowed up by it. And, and whether you're consciously ingesting it or subconsciously ingesting it, you're ingesting it.
0: We, we get very caught up as a, as a church denouncing false teachers, rightly, for people who are teaching false doctrines. But false teaching is these types of things as well. Um, totally, so because everybody, yeah, like you said, everybody's preaching preaching a sermon, and the Bible, particularly the New Testament, actually warns against false teaching more than anything else in the New Testament. Um, I don't remember the number. I think it's like twenty eight times they warn against it or something, in just Matthew alone. <laughs> like it's something, it's some number like that. Somebody will correct me. I'm sure on on Facebook or Twitter. Um, but this is this is part of what they're talking about. Right. Is that you know, we know that people will drift away because they are corrupt and they want to have somebody tickle their ears. And so like we know Tim- Timothy 4, 3, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 4, 3 and 4 say, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Well, that's, that seems right. Instead, they will suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Right if all of these companies are are, per, are perpetuating a, a doctrine themselves, which, because we know there is no neutral doctrine, there's either sound doctrine or right. false doctrine. This is exactly what's happening. And as Christians, we need to be able to recognize what is sound doctrine and what is false teaching and then fight against the false teaching, even if that is in the mainstream media against things like commercials for car companies <laughs> and things yeah. like that, so... Um, if you're if you're sitting listening to this episode wondering why are we so fired up about a couple commercials, there's the answer.
1: Well, and I think <clears throat> so. Uh, just to, to help, I mean, Wes was kind of asking for some practical suggestions, so I, I imagine some of our other listeners are are wanting some pra- practical suggestions as well. Uh, what are some movies? Like uh, the one that comes to mind. Um, another movie that I kind of spotted the lie on recently was um, you know the movie Zootopia.
0: <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> You can tell that I have young kids at home when all the all the movies I'm thinking of are cartoons. But uh, in the movie Zootopia, um, right, it's it's about animals, right, predators and prey, right, so carnivores and and herbivores or whatever um, living together. And um, there's this thing where the one of the undercurrent uh, undercurrent themes in the movie is that the animals have evolved past their basic primal instincts. And so the predators no longer hunt the prey because they've evolved enough, right? So right away, in the actual you know, storyline of the movie, the, the world that this movie has created, they are standing on an evolutionary worldview and saying that animals in, in their world have evolved to the point where their basic primal um, natures no longer take over, and so, if you logically push that into our Christian worldview, you know that that is a liberal agenda that that is a that is an atheistic secular humanistic um uh worldview that says that we can evolve past the point where we need primitive things like religion or all these kinds of things. We can evolve to the point where everybody is above all these things, and we accept everybody, and we love everybody, and, uh, and we, we are no longer slaves to these primal things like hate and bigotry and all that kind of stuff. Well, that is contrary to the gospel that says you are depraved, you are born in sin, you are totally and utterly depraved, and you need a savior to help you with your sin problem. Um, so there's, there's one movie, what are some other movies that you've seen recently? And we can maybe sh- help some people, um, uh, sort through some of the, uh, lies that some of the movies are telling, <laughs> just, I, I don't know, put me movie. on the spot. Maybe we won't movie. be able to find any, but what have you, what have you watched recently?
0: I think the last movie I saw was jungle book, which again, points out that most of the movies I see now, are that like, one's
1: not animated though. No, that was good, but yeah. Okay. So jungle book, there you go. So, if I was watching Jungle Book with again friends that I wanted to play this game with, family, friend, uh, kids, whatever, uh, one of the things that I might point out is this idea that, uh, Mowgli, right, Mowgli yep. is, um, is this like innocent person because he's been segregated from society, right? Well, what, what worldview is that pushing on us? That's that's pushing. The philosophy that it's society that corrupts people and makes people evil and brings evil into the world, not individuals, that individuals are born innocent and society that corrupts them. I think that whole philosophy actually breaks down when you realize that society is full of individuals. (laughs) So that, that whole thing kind of seems silly. But again, that goes contrary to the word of God that tells us that we are born sinful. So whether you are raised by chimpanzees in the jungle, like Mowgli, or wolves, was it? Chimpanzees? Bagheera? I don't um, know. Yeah, whatever. Baloo, the bear? He was, ra- he was, <laughs> he was raised <laughs> by the bear and
0: the...
1: <laughs> and the Black Panther. And the Black Panther. Um, Which yeah, running. so whether you were raised by animals in the jungle or you're raised by you know uh, a family in in the heart of New York City, um, it doesn't matter what your environment is in terms of how sinful you are. Your sin- your heart is the problem. Your heart is sinful. So, um, I, again, there's. I mean, no matter what the movie is... It's preaching a gospel, and you have to be able to identify that gospel. And, and so part of, part of being able to spot the lie is knowing the word of God enough and knowing the gospel enough to, to that, that perversions of it jump out to you, right? If we have a perverted view of the gospel, like, like so many North American Christians that say the gospel is God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, well, guess what? Most movies, most commercials, including the commercial we just showed you, are all preaching that gospel, that whether it's God or something else, you're loved, and hey, we have a wonderful plan for your life. Ikea has a wonderful plan for your life. McDonald's has a wonderful plan for your life, right? Everybody has a wonderful plan for your life, and God does too. So, hey, come on over to church, and God will show you this great plan for your life. That's That doesn't register on some people's radars because they don't know the gospel well enough the gospel is you're a sinner in need of a savior and the creator god has intervened and sent his own son to die in your place because he loved you while you were still a sinner that's the gospel and so if that's the gospel then all the other gospels that movies or commercials are are exporting to us um ought, ought to seem like perversions to us so um, so I just encourage you, whatever it is, wherever you are, w- you know, when when you're, you know, when you're with your friends hanging out somewhere, with when you're with your family, learn this skill because it helps. It, it gets you into so many conversations. One of the one of the things that I uh, do all the time, uh, you know, I'm I don't watch a whole lot of movies with my family. Um, but I have some family members who aren't saved, and I have, I have some family members who are um, extremely. Uh, I would just say we we don't see eye to eye on a whole lot of issues, <laughs> and uh, and one of the things that I do, whether it's friends or family members, is one of the things that I'll do if if an issue comes up. So like an issue, for example, like gun control, which just came up a few weeks ago with the Vegas shooting, right? So now we're not watching a movie we're not watching a commercial but an issue like gun control comes up and hey there's an opportunity for me to show lies in the person's worldview so they start talking about gun control and hey gun control is a great thing but let me ask you a question if we if nobody ever has access to guns Are people like Haddock, the guy who shot up these people in Vegas, are they still going to be able to do heinous things? And will they still be able to do things? Or if we take their guns away, will they not do horrible things to people? And the answer is, whether it's knives or whether it's bombs or whether it's whatever else, they're going to find ways to hurt people. Why? Because the guns aren't the problem. The human heart is the problem. And so you, you can get into conversations and you can ask people those sorts of things. So one of the things I did when I got into the gun control uh, conversation recently is I said, you know, if we are going to start talking about um, all the things that the, the uh, mass murderers who have done mass shootings in the last however many years, if, if everything's on the table and you want to talk about guns, guns is your big thing. If we start, you know, dealing with the gun situation, then mass shooters aren't going to shoot people up then, um, you know, here, here's what I would like to talk about. How many of those shooters were um, involved, like how many of them were involved in drugs, right? How many of them had drugs in their system? Whether, whether that's illegal narcotics, whether that's prescription drugs, whether that's Ritalin who, <laughs> for all the students who have gone in and shot up schools, um, how many of them had stable families at home? How many of them had fam- uh, parents who were together, how many of them had broken? Who came from broken homes? So you start to to realize maybe guns aren't the main issue here. Maybe it's maybe it's a there's a fatherlessness epidemic that's going on in America. Maybe there's a drug epidemic that's going on in America. What like what is the issue here? And you come back to all of these things, and it's sin that's ruining people. So mm-hmm. if you can if you can spot the lies in various situations, right? Various worldviews, various sermons that are being preached to you, whether it's from a a policy opinion, whether it's a movie, whether it's a commercial, whether it's a news segment, whatever the thing is, you're going to be better equipped to engage the culture and to get into God-glorifying gospel conversations in whatever sphere of influence you're in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's taught you how to spot the line today, right? (laughs) from there with this is a question we got like we said from uh, one of our listeners and it's it's a skill that we just wanted to pass on because it's one of those things that i know you you were raised doing this and you've kind of shared it with with people in your sphere and now we're kind of all doing it and it's not one of those things where you have to like you know stop the movie in the theater and say hey
1: people don't like when you do that
0: people get upset (laughs) if you stand up and start doing it but it's it's a tool that you can use to get into gospel-centered conversations afterwards and as you're watching the football game and you know they have they have their moments or if you're watching a commercial comes on on the TV you can get into these conversations by by pointing out things that don't line up with your worldview or even everyone else's, you can point out the duality in their, in their worldview. they
1: the, the contradictions in their own worldviews is, exactly. is, is, a big one, right? I mean, uh, one of the, one of the conversations I love getting into, um, when, when people would, would call my worldview or the Christian worldview, uh, one of intolerance. I, I love talking to them about the intolerance of tolerance, right? <laughs> that the, the idea is that, so they want everybody to tolerate everybody except, christians thoughts should not be tolerated right so so pointing out the intolerance of of tolerance i think is a is is a huge one and we could we could do a i could do a whole episode on on some of the logical should. inconsistencies or the yeah. cognitive dissonance is the term the tension that people's contradictory terms hold in their own minds um, but but being able to, to to see these things, internal contradictions, um, what message is being preached to us in a in a uh, commercial or in a movie, uh, is so so important because we live in a culture where uh, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, we are constantly being bombarded with all kinds of ads, all kinds of um, messages, all kinds of sermonettes, and if we can't look at them discerningly and spot the lies, then we're ingesting. So much falsehood that when we get to church on Sunday mornings, the the hour or so that we listen to our pastor preach um, is not going to be enough to combat all the lies that we're being fed from all these other places.
0: We get this so much in our culture everywhere, work, school, TV, everything we're doing, that if you're not in your word every day, recharging yourself and teaching yourself the gospel, reteaching yourself what God says... You're you're gonna start picking up these lies and not gonna be able to discern right from wrong. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I felt a little off tonight because it was uh, evening. So uh, hopefully uh, those rambling <laughs> those ramblings uh, made sense. Hopefully we answered Wes's question. Hopefully um, we gave some people some stuff to think about. Um, how are we ending this one tonight, Chris?
0: Actually, we've got a life hack. We haven't done one of these in a while. I, I missed some- the
1: life hacks. All right, what's our life hack?
0: The life hack is how do you keep the Sabbath? So you're a busy guy. Yeah. You're a pastor. You work on Uh the day that most people take off. And, you know, you got two ministries that happen every Sunday. So how do you find time to keep the Sabbath?
1: Yeah. So um, for me, first of all, I think that the the Sabbath isn't so much about what day you're resting. It's about um, creating... A routine or a rhythm in your life of work and rest. Uh, so one of the things that I am going, going to teach my kids as they grow is that we we work hard and we play hard. And, uh, and so uh, the way I try to do it is I try to keep Saturdays free. Um, I try to the best of my ability um, to make sure that chores can get done at other times throughout the week. I can help my wife. I can come home on a work day and you know clean the bathrooms or or do yard work or whatever, so that we can have a day that's just rest. And the truth is, um, this is harder for my wife, for Colleen, than it is sometimes for me because um, you know she's she's wired to be very task oriented. I can turn things off pretty easily and just relax. Um, and and you know what? The truth is that rest doesn't always just mean relaxation rest to me also means reading rest to me means playing hard with the kids um so for me it's just about setting a day aside where i say no to people and sometimes that means saying no to family sometimes that means saying no to to ministry stuff sometimes that means uh saying no to people who want to see me on a saturday um it's setting time aside to say no this is this is time where me and my family spend time together and we worship so uh, I observe the Sabbath by guarding a day and and spending it um, resting in the good things that God has given to me and enjoying them, not working for them, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week as we taught you how to spot the lie, things that you see every day in your world. So have a great one, guys. See you next time. You've been listening to the Rebel Alliance Podcast, where we equip you to engage culture through a biblical worldview. Please take the time to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, write a review, and leave a five-star rating. If you would like to see all of our content, which includes podcast episodes uploaded to iTunes each Wednesday, and short videos about engaging culture released on Facebook each Friday, please visit us online at rebelalliancemedia.com. We love hearing from you, so if you have questions, comments, or would like to suggest episode topics, send us a message on Facebook or email us at info at Thanks for joining us, and you may now consider yourself part of the Rebellion.